This is the Transmission Times. That was a big clap out that was organised uh, uh, for the uh, National Health Service workers as a way of saying thank you for all that they do for um, looking after people with coronavirus. And everyone out on the street was just clapping, as my children you can hear in the background, for the doctors and the nurses and the paramedics and all the people working in hospitals that are looking after people that are sick. Um, as part of our NHS, our National Health Service in the UK. It's Friday, March 27th, 2020. I'm in Evanston, Illinois. Uh, personal COVID count of one. However, this is unconfirmed. Um friend of mine on Facebook, I saw something in our newsfeed that had hundreds of comments and, and the post was very long and um, she just talked about all of her symptoms um, and the very shortness of breath was the one symptom that popped out to me. I'm like, oh my God, is this, is this COVID-19? Does she have the virus? It's kind of um, stunning to read that for lack of a better word, kind of shocking. Like, we all know it's coming. We're going to know people with this, but... And she was unconfirmed, so maybe it was just the flu. Who knows? April 1st, and I live in Austin, Texas, and my personal COVID count is four. Actually starting the day with sad news on Facebook, lost... uh, my first friend, Dale, to the virus. He was one of the 700 people on the cruise liner. Um, I'm not sure which one actually at this exact moment, but I had seen it on the news previously that a bunch of people had been infected. In England, the, there are now more news stories about people who've been unwell. And when you hear about it, it's awful. And obviously there's more deaths more people dying now. Um, so it's becoming even more real what might happen. And so it's becoming more frightening what it would be like and what it might mean to get it. Um, but I think inevitably I will get it because I work in a hospital. I think today was the day that it, it felt like everything kicked into high gear. I go to a church and a group of women are making those surgical masks and and they've been kind of just you know moving along no big deal and then all of a sudden our governor today put in a uh, shelter in place order through the 17th so this lady who's running the project called me and she's like I need this now you know so I'm trying to scramble around calling women to see if they sew, if they have a sewing machine, if they'd be willing to assemble a few masks. And and at the same time, I found a giant tote full of fabric that belonged to my mom, and I'm washing it all in hot water and drying it so it'll shrink up the fabric. And, and I'm trying to do all of that. And 
It's so weird, but I feel busier now than I did when I was working full time and coaching on the side. <laughs> and the other thing that's been a big shift really in the last, I would say in the last three or four days, is that my two children have really found their groove now and learned to respect each other's differences a bit more. My five-year-old Sophie created a, a little shop today of things she wanted to sell, including some of her pictures and um, some little craft items that she made. And my nine-year-old Ethan uh, humoured her and uh, went and got some pennies from the from the pot and you know, bought some items um, and I'm really enjoying how my children just bring me right back to the present moment. So this also makes me think about my parents who are 80 and 85 and they're both taking this not very seriously still. Did I mention it's March 31st? <laughs> uh, I just hope, I hope my parents get serious. It's worrisome because I wouldn't be able to visit them. I don't visit them now. They're in another state. They're an hour and a half away from me. So the thought of them ending up in a hospital, possibly without the proper care, just because of the way things have been getting overwhelmed in other parts of the world, um, that could happen. That could happen where they live. And they're not immune to this thing. They're not superhuman. I got to Skype with my sister this week. That might sound like a really basic thing, but it's not that simple because my sister lives 100 plus miles away um, by herself in a supported apartment and she has an intellectual disability. So up until this week, she didn't have a computer um, because she's not very good at taking care of things. So trying to video chat has been a goal for a few weeks now between my parents and me. And um, we finally did it and it works and it took a lot of effort and it was not trivial. <laughs> I think that's the big event of the week um, and what I want to remember is just seeing my sister's face and hoping that I get to see it for a long time to come. I am grateful today for the birds and the bird song. I love going out for walks. We're, um, we're on shelter in place orders as of March 20th here in Illinois, but I've been getting out for lots of walks as I always do anyway. And, uh, spring migrations the birds are starting to filter through and it's just nice to um to have that constant and to know that nature will go on and will go on we're a part of nature i'm grateful for my dogs because they offer me the opportunity just to observe how they live in the moment and sometimes it's a good thing to live in the moment. Monday, March 30th, it's close to midnight. I've been 
going back and forth between appalled and shocked at the general thought process of the whole world right now. So I felt the panic coming from the world's atmosphere today, the realization that things really, really are shutting way all the way down. They're telling hundreds of millions of people not to work, and that's fine for people who have plenty of money and food and don't really worry about it. I'm hearing all these comments by people who are telling everyone to stay in and don't think about money. The people who are saying that are the people who are not having to worry about it. People are in serious trouble. Like, people who've lost their jobs and don't have any money right now is when they would have gotten their next check. Or, you know, the check that they're getting right now is the last check. And then there's nothing. The lives that are going to be lost, people in other countries, people who normally would be serving others, people who would normally be donating to others, people who would normally be at least making other people happier so that they can serve others. And I honestly sometimes wonder if the deaths won't match. This is the most devastating or exceed what would have happened event I can imagine happening by having no controls on the coronavirus. There's no engine that has created such wonderful lives for all of us. Um, the only difference will be that the hospitals wouldn't be overrun. You know, in terms of peace, in terms of safety. But the police might be if there's riots. Then the potential that's harnessed. I'm so worried about all of that. And people desiring to work and serve each other and get paid. Thank you to Sandy, Laura, Catherine, Laura, Philip, Jean, Diane, and Duane for submitting the diaries that you heard in this episode. The Transmission Times Project is collecting audio diaries from people like you during this pandemic so that we can create an archive to document this moment in history. If you'd like to join the Transmission Times and add your voice and your story to the archive and possibly be on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Please sign up at transmissiontimes.org slash join. That's transmissiontimes.org slash join. If you're happy just listening, that's great too. Thank you for being here. Please feel free to share this request for audio diaries and the podcast as widely as you like. Thanks. I'm Katie Semro. This is the Transmission Times. Lost everything you tried to 